Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament. We move through the narrative and the text and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. Okay, good to, good to be back here. Let's, uh, let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study together. We pray your blessings upon us as we do this. We pray you help us to understand and to grow. Father, create in us a, a clean and pure heart, Father, as we as we approach your word. And Father, we ask that you wrap your protection around us in this very volatile and very unsafe world. And uh, just protect us, Father. Uh, fill us with your spirit and, uh, and wrap your loving arms around us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, so we we looked at uh, we looked at this really cool thing where, you know, God dealt with the rebellion of the people mm -hmm. in numbers last week, mm -hmm. you know, in numbers uh, last two weeks, numbers mm -hmm. 18 and numbers 16 and 17. Yeah, we looked at how God dealt with this mm -hmm. and then he surprisingly expanded, mm -hmm. expands his law a little bit. Gives the Levites more roles and responsibilities, brings them in along with Aaron, and that's that's how he dealt with rebellion, right? He did the whole staff, like this staff, implemented a staff ceremony, right? <laughs> you know, he's like, hey, I'm what am I working towards here? I'm trying yeah. to save people, mm -hmm. right? And so sometimes we need to change things in order to mm -hmm. save them. It doesn't mean that, as we saw, the the priesthood, the high priesthood, is still Aaron's. It's still his yeah. family's. The Levites didn't get that but they're going to come alongside him and minister in more ways now. And so and that's a pretty cool thing. That's a pretty cool thing. It's surprising. You know, you would think, I know, I know for me and my household, you know, when I lay down the law, that law can be rigid, mm -hmm. but God shows his wisdom in saying, Hey, I'm going to flex this a little bit. There's flexibility here. And it's not the last time that we're going to see this. We're going to see this again. We're going to see God change what he has said, how he has said it to accommodate certain people. Now, a lot of people want to run with that, right? They want to take the ball. They want to run with that. And they want to say, well, we need to accommodate sin. I don't want to make it really clear that that's not what God has done here. No. God has not accommodated sin, but he's heard the vexations of his people in this regard. And he doesn't see what, I mean, what, what legitimately, what is the Levite's you know, complaint here? I, I always look at, call us a family. There you go. He's a father. Uh -huh. What father doesn't have empathy and compassion for his children? And when your son comes to you and says, I want more responsibility, is that a bad thing? Ke Kevin just had to do it yesterday with the little one. You know, something happened at school and and it was it was very uh, uh, unintentional. Sure. All right. Because we know the character of the kid. It wasn't intentional. It was a mistake. Yeah. And, and he, the teachers and staff didn't call Kevin. He came to Kevin on his own. 
and said, this is what happened. This is what I did. I didn't know it was a problem. I didn't know it was wrong. And Kevin said, that's great. Don't do it again. Yeah. You know, I, I forgive you. It's fine. You came to me. That's great. You know, and, and that's what has happened in here. That's what God does. We tend to make God into this into this five hundred foot statue yeah. that is that is throwing rocks at us, man. That's not what He's doing. I mean, even here, how many times has He shown how much He loves these people? Over and over and over. He's given them chance after chance. Doesn't mean God is is uh, is compromising. No, He never compromised sin. No. It was always still about being obedient. He just changed the things to be obedient about sometimes. That's right. That's all he did. That's what you, that's what, as your children get older, yeah. don't you change what they're disciplined about? I'm doing it, doing it with Scott right now. You see, they get older, they get more mature, I mean, more responsibility. We've, we've basically, I mean, he's old enough now and, you know, we've, we've basically phased out corporal punishment. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that it's not there if we need it. Mm -hmm. It's a tool in the toolbox, yeah. but it's. We, it's very obvious that for the most part, he doesn't need that. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he knows his responsibilities mm -hmm. and he's Johnny <laughs> on the spot about getting those responsibilities done. Mm -hmm. I'd say the biggest the biggest place where we're having to step in and still discipline is with his with his siblings, you know, because he has a tendency to to want to, you know, kind of boss over them a little bit. And we want to there is that level that he's the oldest he's got that level of responsibility but at the same time there's a way you go about it mm -hmm. you're not dad yeah. you're not in the place of dad yeah you need to be more encouraging yeah. Yeah. and less you know yeah. so but and this when you, is part when you, of it when you look at this stuff and you watch god change you know and know that he's done some things you know hey i've given my kids things to do that i knew they weren't capable of doing sure to teach them yeah, God, God's done the same thing with the law. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> he gave them laws that he knew they couldn't obey. But it, but it, but yeah, they learned and grew Where from it. We, we, we experienced that and we grow from it. So guys, don't get all freaked out when God starts changing. That's what a father does. You know, it's just that the relationship's going to change when Jesus comes on the scene. Now it's going to be a more personal relationship. Here he did it through the patriarchs, through the through the family head, through Moses, through the seed line. But now now he does it one on one. That's what Jesus went to the cross for. You know, one of the things that when I have to preach in February, I'm going to preach in, in Luke 23. And I just looked at it the other day and I said, you know what? We're going to talk about the the the, the opening of the access for the disciples have access to God. You know, yep. and we're going to go in the book of Hebrews. And look at it and say, what is it? What does it mean that Jesus went to the cross? I know we we celebrate all this, you know, this, 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 but what does it mean that the tent, the curtain ripped open? Man, it gave us access. What does that mean to us today? You know, well, there's a different relationship now. It's not the same as it was here, but this was put there to teach us, so we can learn from it and grow from it. So anyway, well, and the hits are going to keep on coming. So this we've just finished basically the. Uh, the rebellion of the Levites, right? Uh -huh. So we've had the rebellion of the people multiple times, mm -hmm. and that culminated with their rejection yep. going into the yep. land, mm -hmm. right? And their rebellion, the heart of rebellion, again, is believing that God is that 500-foot statue throwing rocks at you, yeah. right? That is that is where rebellion comes from. You don't believe that God has your good in mind, but he has your bad or evil in mind for you, right? So 
Because we tend to focus on the evil. Well, we tend to focus on the bad. You you call them a five hundred foot statue throwing rocks. I think of it as a kid with a baseball bat. Yeah, waiting for you after school. Yeah, you know how do you picture God? Right? Do you picture God as that loving father helping his toddler back up learn to walk, <laughs> or do you picture God as this bully with a baseball bat waiting for you to mess up so he can kneecap you? That's you where know? most people in the world stand, and that's and what they believe. That out of that heart comes rebellion. Because you don't want to trust that person. You, I mean, who in their right mind would trust a bully well, with a baseball bat? Who likes the bully? No, nobody. Right. Yeah. You, instead, you have to fight against the bully. Yeah. Right. So getting that conception of God down as that loving father who's helping the child learn how to walk is so important. Because Absolute. that's that's Absolute. who he is. Absolute. That's who he is. Now, that's why we're doing what we're doing. At some point, do you have to discipline your sons? Yes. At some point, do you have to hold bad people accountable? Yes. And God does that too. Yes. But the awesome thing about God is he's <laughs> perfect in it. He knows exactly. It's not a mystery to him. You know, Will, you, you listen to the to that person who's being charged, right? And who's in court and who's mm-hmm. been found guilty, right? Mm-hmm. And you see him up there on court. Have you ever seen him and they're, they're being charged? And they're, oh, I'm so sorry. I realized what I did was wrong and all this stuff. You know, drunk drivers do this, right? Oh, I, I should have known better and everything. Let me off. The judge lets them off. And then a week later, they're drunk. They're driving and they kill somebody, right? There was no there was no real repentance there. There was no real change. There was no real, it was, I want to get out of the punishment. See, God, where human judges and our human judgment can be skewed because we don't see to the heart of the matter, God sees to the heart. He knew Korah. He knew what Korah's heart was. Mm-hmm. He knew their rebellion. He knew where they were. It wasn't about, we want more service. It wasn't about, we want to grow up in the service. It was about, you're the problem. And he knew where their heart was. He knew that they weren't going to change. That's right. They weren't changing. They were done. No. But God also knew that their arguments, mm-hmm. that's the Le- some of the Levites who had listened to their arguments, just wanted more service, yeah. which well, is why he expands it. And when we get to this, we're going to be in chapter 20. We're mm-hmm. going to jump to chapter 20. Yeah, we're jumping. You know, chapter here we're going 20. to go again. Here we go again. Yeah, here yeah. we go again. Yeah, he, but again, this is okay. So like David, consider David, though, because this is going to be really important because this is now now we're talking about the failure of Moses. Mm-hmm. And I want to point this out. There is a difference between rebellion mm-hmm. and failure. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between like we, we think of sin in the New Testament. Sin is described as missing the mark. Right. Mm-hmm. So that implies that you were shooting at something. But there's other types of sin. There's sin where you really weren't shooting at this good goal. You were shooting at a bad goal and you hit that bad. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So there is a difference. There's a difference between out and out rebellion and missing the mark, failing. Mm -hmm. In the Old Testament, they use a couple of different terms for that. But that's what I want to point out here. There is a difference, right? Let's let's do it. Go ahead. Okay. So let's look at Numbers chapter Chapter 20. 20. I jumped back up to 18. Hold on. Numbers 20. In the first of the month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zen, and they stayed at Kadesh. There, Miriam died and was buried. Okay. So again, chronology and numbers is not a big thing. But remember, this is all technically still happening This is happening over a period of 38 years. Yes. But the writer of Numbers did not care about chronology. So he's not going to be putting in markers. But how you can track it is this. These people start dying off. Yeah. Because God said everybody but who was going to die off. Everybody over the age of 20. Everybody over the age of 20. And Joshua and Caleb would be spared. Mm -hmm. Notice he didn't say anything about Moses. He didn't say anything about Aaron. No. Didn't say anything about Miriam. They're all going to die in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Moses is going to die in the wilderness for a different reason. Yeah. Right. But well, we're about to read that reason. Yeah. But that's a good way to track the chronology. Yeah. Okay. Because it's hard to keep track of it. Because yeah. the writer, the author of this book, does not care. Now there was no water for the community. Oh, been here before, haven't we? Yeah. Man, yeah. This, is, this is like this is like uh, you know that song that comes on the radio. You know every word. Yeah. Here we are again. Yeah. It is. Here we now are we again. know the tune. Yeah. Now we know the tune. There's yep. no water in the community. Yep. Ah, we know what the people are going to do. And the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. Here, this is like the classic hits, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's a problem. Oh, time to fight against the leadership. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we... Ha oh, my goodness. <laughs> how many times? Uh, how many times have we And you have to understand, this? this is some years have gone by already. Okay. Yeah, that's they're, right. They're, they're harping the same tune. Man. And it's probably been 25 years, man. And they're harping the same old worn out, you know, no good tune. That they used <laughs> Did they not see the result every time they, pl they played this tune before? I mean, here it is, man. It's a blast from the past. People died every time they played this tune. <laughs> a true classic, 20 years in the making. It just, it just shows how, <laughs> how ignorant we can be. Uh, we People never... Uh, I don't want to say people never change. Without God, people don't change. Yeah. And even with God, sometimes people refuse to change. Yeah. And then I, I think that's the, that's the but I think that's the key. Without God, we're, people aren't going to change. And with God, sometimes people refuse to change. And they, they really do. And I think you know this is where a lot of people you know a lot of people think that if to get more people to become Christians, all we need to do is compromise on sin all we need to do is compromise on standards all we need to do is change this or change that and then people will come and it's like whoa no people are not inherently good the only people who had a fair shot in my opinion at being inherently good were adam and eve mm -hmm. and they chose rebellion since then our cultures have fallen and they're only producing people who are steeped in the culture now you can mitigate some of that by raising them up in the church by raising them up, giving them that foundation, they have an opportunity to choose very early to choose a different path. And that's awesome. But most people who are lost in the world and who are raising kids lost in the world, I mean, this is just a cycle that perpetuates mm -hmm. because they don't, they don't want to change. They don't want to hear God. They don't, I mean, think about it. There's, it's, and it's sad that, that, that we have so many people that we know that are like that. And I mean, you know, I know when you became a Christian, when I became a Christian, I was so excited. I was so excited, man. I found I found something. I, it was like I found that pearl that that Jesus talked about. Yeah, you know, I, I found this thing, and I, I'm, I'm gonna sell everything I have. I got, I've got to have this, and I want to share it with people, and they want to listen. No, I remember that too. Yeah, they want to hear it. Yeah. And I'm going. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why don't you want to hear this? Don't you understand? No, yeah. they didn't. They didn't care. I, and that's and that's the thing. It's not that they don't understand. They don't care. Yeah. And this is the majority of people. And I'm not, and I'm not, look, I'm not throwing rocks at anybody. Jesus, I mean, Jesus points out that the way is very narrow. Yeah. There are few who find it. Most people do not want to yield themselves to God, give themselves up to God and live for him. Most people, they want what they want. They want it right now. They want to have it their way. They, how dare you? In fact, the greatest sin that you could commit in our community today is telling someone they're wrong. I think, I think, you know, if you're watching it, I mean, We've got some great opportunities here. Sure. Wednesday night, you have a great class. Yeah. You know, it's different than my class. I got a great class. Mm -hmm. People love that class. People love your class. You know, Friday night, 
it's a great opportunity for people to just be themselves and just open up and say, hey, let's talk about this. I want to talk about this. Yeah. What does God say about this? You know, and people won't take advantage of it. And it and it and I'm and I'm going, what? I don't understand why. Well, and, and we see but here, right we, here. Yeah, we do we see. We see it yeah. right here, right? Let's go on. You, you didn't give me what I wanted, when I wanted it, and how I wanted yeah. it. And so what's the response? Yeah. They, they gather in opposition to Moses. They gather in opposition to God. They gather. It's not God. It's not good enough, right? Yeah. They quarrel with Moses. And then what? If we had only, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord, we'd be better off dead. You know who this, this reminds me of? You know who this reminds me of? Huh. Solomon in Ecclesiastes. Oh, yeah. 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 But the best is the one who never lived at all. Right? Yeah. That's what he says because yeah. he's dealing with this frustration and vexation. Yeah. But this is. But that, but that he brought on himself. I mean, God told him, don't have foreign wives. And he had what? 300 wives and 900 concubines? Yeah, it's like 700 concubines. Are, are you like kidding? Yeah. Dude, you know, I got one woman in my house. And sometimes that's too many. You got. Three, you got three. Are you? Have you lost your mind? I have a wife and two daughters. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. That, that. But those—that's three women. It's three. Yeah. And one of these days, they're not going to be little girls. <laughs> my daughter, my daughter came up to me. I forget what what it. I forget what happened, but she said something, and I corrected her, and she almost immediately started bursting into tears. And I'm like, "What's wrong with you? What are you crying for?" And my, my wife's like, "Cole." It's okay. Just give her a hug and tell her it's okay. You caught her unaware. She wasn't expecting it. And I was like, "What caught her unaware? Caught her unaware. She needs to be paying attention." Anyway, anyway, having a maneuver. Anyway, they're different though. They are different. Yes. But you know, at, at the end of the day, it's this. It's this attitude. You know, I want what I want. I want it right now, and I want it my way. And if you're not going to do that, oh, you might as well die. Yeah. You know. I I, I had not seen that before. I had seen it, but not really paid attention. And look at what they say in verse 4. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Um, excuse me? Uh, do you want to look at, check that rock in your right hand again? You know, didn't they, weren't these the people who picked up their rocks to stone? Wasn't, yep. wasn't it these, yep. wasn't it Moses and Aaron and Joshua and Caleb? And they're the ones saying, no, we can go in and take possession yep. of the land, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> there were no vines or grapevines or pomegranate in Egypt for you? Are you out of your mind? You were slaves. You were slaves. <laughs> and what, is, what are they screaming about? We want to go back. We want to go back. And there's no water to drink. And, and to top and, it off. And look at Moses and Aaron's response. Which it, uh, I want to point out. You're right. Get, I'll let you get there. Just hold on. But what is it that God that promised them? If you go in and you take the land, there'll be what? Everybody have their own grapevine. Yep. You know, you'll live yep. off the fruit of the land. There'll be grain and figs. And, and, what and they wouldn't do it. And when, In Leviticus 26, what does God promise them? If you merely obey me, mm -hmm. do what I'm telling you to do. If you just trust me and do, right? Because you have faith, you're going to do what I'm telling you to do. If you just do that, everything will be go, good to go swimmingly. I'll be, I'll be in your corner all the time. And they can't even do that. They can't, they're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Everything that God, there comes a point in time, I heard a preacher one time say it this way. You come, become so calloused in your life that even the word of God that is meant for your life, meant to save you, becomes a stumbling block. And you just can't.
can't. You you just won't. It, and it and it it becomes a noose, and it's what we're seeing here. I thought about it the other day. And I thought, I know what the truth is, and I know I know the wonderment of it. I know the joy of it. Yeah. I know the the confidence, the hope, the peace. And then I watch people uh, on news and watch people make statements. I'm going, wow. You have you have relegated yourself to destruction. Yeah. And I don't know how to change you. You can't. And that you can't. You and, can't. and guys, and this goes if you're out there watching, you can't change anybody. No. I can't change anybody. No. That's why it's so important to be in the Word of God. Because God can change people. Yeah. He's in the business of changing people. Yeah. And that's why we teach out of the word all the time. Because yeah. The, I have nothing to offer. If you're if you're banking on me, I'm going to lead you into a snowbank. I'm going to lead you yeah. off the road. I'm going to lead you into an accident. Trust me. When I was calling the shots in my life, when I was living for me and living my way, and I wanted it my way, and I wanted it right now, and it was going to be... When it was like that, my life was a disaster. Yeah. It was a train accident, waiting for a plane crash, having a car, a car wreck first, right? It was all of those things. Um, the second I turned it over to God, though, Man, it changed. It, it changed it, quick. It, it does, doesn't it? It changes. And so you can't quick. explain it to people. They have to experience it. You you really have to. I mean, yeah. and and especially in today's day and age, the the peace. I mean, you know, if you look at our world politically, you know, I was just talking to my father in law. My father in law, you know, it was funny before I became a Christian. Me and him always butted heads because he's a Christian. And then after I became a Christian, me and him see eye to eye on so much. And we were just talking about the the political instability in our country and how. You know, just how horrible it is right now with the animosity, you know, and, and you see that the different sides, you know, are at each other's throats and it's like, you know, there's no goodwill. There is no trust. It's, you know, you people over there are dirty scoundrels and you people over there and everybody's a dirty scoundrel, right? And, and it's just horrible. And of course, there is truth in all of that, but there's just no goodwill. There's no peace. There's no, there's nothing. And how horrible would it be to not be a Christian right now? Because... If you're not a Christian, these these two groups are your only hope. You're looking around. I mean, imagine and for you a second. look at what their track record is. Uh, yeah, I it's mean, it's a disaster. You're you're looking at these political parties, and one of them is your only hope. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry for you. That's horrible. That's that's horrific. That's no hope. There's no hope there. That's yeah. no hope. I mean, no. Look, look, really, these people are your only. Oh my gosh, it'd be horrifying, horrifying. But some that's of, how people. Some of them it. have a better rhetoric than others. Uh, but but their track record's still so, the same. So I mean, it's look. I'm not saying there aren't any good people. That's not that's not the commentary I'm making. What I'm saying is, when you put your hope and trust, when your hope and your trust and your faith is in a political party. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because you yeah. got to take the good for the bad. I mean, yeah. but there's a lot of fighting. I mean, it's it's just horrible. Yeah. But as a Christian, my hope and my faith come from God. Yeah. And so yeah. I trust in Him because I know. Yeah. And and not to mention, He's got an excellent track record. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can watch people as they turn their lives over to Him, and things get infinitely better. Well, now, does that mean that there's that there's no struggle? That there's no. But what were you going to say? Sorry. Oh, I, I, I was just, you know, you see how, where Moses and Aaron go. Yeah. They know. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you were saying, I know, you know, I mean, it, it, uh, I watched, I watched this last night cause we're doing this on Thursday morning. Uh, you'll see it in a couple of Wednesdays, but last night we, we bagged up cookies and we needed, we needed a uh, four to 500 dozen cookies right now. There's probably 
this the next morning, and right now there's probably 200 dozen cookies over there that we're going to take to places we didn't count on taking them to. It's awesome. You know? And it's so funny we, because I was I was the one in the meeting going, look, guys, last couple of years has been pretty tight on these cookies. Why don't we, why don't we scale down where we're taking we them? We didn't. And, it blows up, and I'm like, "Well, golly, we, pro- we probably had, we probably all together probably had 750, to 850 dozen." I, I've never been more happy to be wrong. Yeah, it's I'll awesome. tell you what, it was, it was it's awesome. awesome. Yeah, you know, all the all the fire departments, places, all the, the police, we're going to we're going right out. All there. getting cookies yep. today. They don't even know it. No, they have no idea. No, they're, but they're going to get cookies. But that, but that it shows people that have bought into the hope of God. Yeah. Bought into that that hey. God can fix things that I can't see an answer to. Yeah. Well, these people, they have any water. They're in the desert. They're, they're looking around saying, we're going we're gonna to die of thirst out here. Well, and this, is, and this is a constant theme. If you go back and look in Genesis, what God comes to Abraham and he promises him what in Genesis 12? I've got your back. I got we, you. We ride and die together. Basically. I got you. That's yep. what he's telling him, right? Yeah. And then there's a famine in the land. Yeah. I got you. But he goes down to Egypt. And he pimps out his wife. Well, well yeah. And he, I mean, that's what he does. Well, look at, look at it. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. I mean, they know. They know, they know where is, to go. They know. Yeah. yeah, they go to go. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff that you and your brother Aaron and gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before the, their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so that they and their livestock can drink. Okay? It's supposed to take the staff, take Aaron. And go out there and talk to the rock. See that rock out there? God said, see that rock out there, that great big one? Go talk to that rock. What? Well, the last time he did this, he took the staff, took Aaron, same exact thing. Last time he said, go out there and take that staff and hit that rock. Hit the rock and water will come out. This time he said, once you go out there, do the same thing, but I want you to speak to the rock. I want you to talk to the rock. Go out there and make yourself look like a fool. Start talking to that rock. Say, rock, bring us some water. Get some water coming right now. I don't know what he said. He didn't tell him what to say. Right. What would you say if you were if you were standing at that rock? <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you what do you expect to say? I, I don't know. I'm going. I look like a fool. Well, please don't. Please, I'm going to I'm going to make you the king of fools. Right. Because <laughs> you, you're going to go out here and start talking to. Yeah. They already think you're nuts anyway. Yeah. They well. think you're nuts anyway. So yeah. you might as well prove it to yeah. them. Yeah. No, open your mouth and prove that you're not. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show just how ridiculous this can get. <laughs> so, so, so he goes out there. From that he goes out there and speaks to the rock. And he goes, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, what's he thinking as he's walking out there? What, you know, what, I, what, I, what's I, he thinking? I think we know what he's thinking. He's, he's upset, ticked off, frustrated uh-huh. at these people, uh-huh. at their, the hardness of their heart, at the, uh, you know, at, at all of the calamity that they have caused. You know, we talk about knowing the good that can come from someone who yields their life to God. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. Imagine 38 years of wandering with these people. Uh-huh. At 80 years old, Dan, he's yeah. older than you when he starts this journey. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> and he's wandering with these people. And so he's dealing with these people uh-huh. for 38 years. And yep. it's constant. I mean, we read a brief synopsis of the rebellion. You know, imagine living it for 38 years yep. over and over and over yep. again. And I, I think that I think it all just boiled up and I think it was done. I think he was done. I want uh, let's let's finish the I split. I want to read. OK. OK. Uh, 
Lee, I want you to pull up 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So do you want me to... Yeah, go ahead and finish reading. Okay, so uh, Moses... Watch it so they know what happens. Yeah, so Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them... He spoke to them instead of speaking to the rock. Yeah. Listen, you rebels. Well, that's what they are. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Must we bring mm-hmm. you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, he does He does a couple of things here. First off, what, has he got a mouse in his pocket? You know, what? Who, who's the we here? Who's he think? What he think on a, he, he think, he must have some, what, has he got a genie in his pocket? You know, that he's going to bring water. Must we? He brought squat. He didn't bring it the last time. He hit the rock last time. What did God tell him to do this time? Speak to it. Speak to the rock. What does he do? You know, what, what, what's wrong with you? We got to bring water for you. And God brings water out of the rock. You know what God could have done? Nothing. <laughs> Just sat there and watched Moses squirm in the dirt. Yeah, I think it wouldn't that have been a, wouldn't that have been? I, I think it would have been appropriate. I think it would. I think it would have. But that's not how. That, yeah, that's why I'm not God. Be, that's not who God is. <laughs> that's not what. That's I'm not, not what God. He's trying to show. God would totally have done God, that, guys. <laughs> he's trying to show us something. Listen to this. First Corinthians chapter ten, and look in verse 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 one. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. Okay, he's talking about the people we're talking about. You're right. All right. They were, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. It wasn't a rock, guys. Guys, it wasn't a rock. It was Christ. Christ was in the form of a rock. And he and he bring and look at what he, and he said. He said, and nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Why? Because they did this kind of stuff. Yeah. If they would have looked at the rock and said, "Oh my God," and bowed down, not bowed down to the rock, but down bowed down to the the idea that God had just brought out water, and he and he's trying to teach us guys. We drink from Christ. We drink from the same spiritual rock. They didn't understand it. wasn't a, It was a physical rock. We drink from the spiritual rock that's Christ. Verse six. Now these things, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil, as they did, right? So the whole point here. This is for us. Yeah. This is for us. These are lessons. This this stuff happened in their past, in their history, and they really are our people because yes. in Christ. I am a child of Abraham, too. Absolutely. I have been grafted on the tree. Yep. That's Romans what? Romans uh, 11, 10, 10 11. 11. Mm-hmm. So I've been grafted onto the tree that is Israel. I am part of that now. This is my history. There's no longer a physical Israel in God's perspective. It's a spiritual Israel now. Yeah. He changed it. Yeah. All right. He can do that, well, guys. It was what it was always meant to be. I mean, this yes. is why John the Baptist would say things, and don't don't say that you're a child of Abraham because God can raise out raise up children of, for Abraham out of these very stones. Jesus would say, "Look, you may be physical descendants of Abraham, but your father really is the devil because you don't obey, because you don't listen, because yeah. your heart is yeah. not circumcised." Yeah. So there was always this expectation that the true and, children of Abraham were those of. And faith. he tells, and he says, tells us in Galatians chapter 3, I believe, that he first preached the gospel, the salvation plan of God to Abraham. That's right. 
You know, Galatians 3 says that if I've been baptized into Christ and clothed myself with Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, we're all right. one in Christ, and we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That's right. If I'm obedient to God and I'm baptized into Christ, then and, and I and I rise up to walk in newness of life, then I am a seed of Abraham and I, I and I have access to the inheritance. Absolutely. Whew. Man, you know, this this is this is a there's a couple of things we need to take away though. Okay. Okay. Besides that, because that's that's there's awesome stuff there for sure. But think about it from this perspective. I think number one, there's a lesson here for all Christians that mm -hmm. we need to be very we need to be exceedingly patient. Because it's out of our frustrations mm -hmm. that we stumble. Look at Moses here. I mean, this man is his face is glowing. He's hiding his face again, right? He's you know he's got he's got God basically in his pocket nine times out of ten. God is with him, is standing with him. I mean, he God has made multiple times. God has made Moses the offer to kill all these people, be done with all these <laughs> mm -hmm. people, and he'd take Moses and and make from Moses, yeah. right? Yeah. So that offer has been there. Moses has seen God, and yet here, even here, he stumbles. Yeah. So be very careful with yeah. frustration, with vexation. Now, we're greater than Moses. Yeah. Yep. The gospel tells us very clearly yep. that John the Baptist was the greatest prophet that ever lived, but, he, it, but the least in the, in kingdom, the kingdom of heaven greater than him. will yep. be greater than him. Yep. We have something that Moses doesn't. We don't just have the physical presence of God. We have him dwelling within us. That's right. And so that's a big deal. They did not have that. They didn't have that. Mm -hmm. That was a gift that was to come, that had not come yet. Yeah. It's a promise of the new covenant. We have that. He they promised don't. So that, that's, he promised that through Ezekiel. There's something he to think that. about there. But be careful with your frustration. It's easy to get frustrated with our brothers and sisters, the people around us, the church. It's easy to get frustrated. I think with the world. Yeah, it's easy to get frustrated with the world. Our job is to be patient. And that's the biggest thing, to remember our job. Our job is to bring glory and honor to God and to continue to speak his word. That's right. And to be patient with those right. around us. Yeah. Second thing is this. Think about the story arc here. Every single person in Israel has rebelled against God now. Now, I, I want to be careful with that. The people are rebelling. Moses stumbled. But every single person has broken the covenant, has violated the law, has failed in God's expectation of them. What's going to happen next? Is God going to, what is God going to do now that all the people have failed? Now, there's an inkling. He brings water from the rock anyway, right? Yeah. So God is good anyway. The inkling is he's going to still bless them. But... How opposite uh, is that than what we expect? Oh, yeah. What we deserve. What we deserve. Yeah, what we deserve. Because this yeah. is, a, Dan, everyone now, Moses included, is a plane crash. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. And yeah. what is God going to do? Wipe them out, start does. over? Or? Or? Put it back together. Put it back together. He's so gonna we're going to see. We're going to see how we're he does see. it. It's going to be awesome. And you, say, awesome. you see it from 1 Corinthians 10, his plan all along. No. Let's put it back together and keep it intact for us. That's right. Let's pray, guys. Father, thank you, Father, so much for Jesus, our rock. Mm. Thank you for the water that we drink from him. Thank you for the food that we eat from him, the spiritual food. Thank you, Father, that, uh, that we have access to you through him. Father, bless us, encourage us, lift us up. Be patient with us, Father, as we get frustrated, as we get as we get rebellious, we do the things we shouldn't do. I pray, Father, that you continue to watch over us and continue to grow us into the people that your son so valiantly and so uh, easily tried to make us into. Father, thank you for that. And just bless us as we go forward. Uh, 
Father, thank you for the church here. Thank you for the church here at Central and all the thing, good things that are happening here. Continue to, to continue to grow us and continue to give us those things to do and, and to watch us grow, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.